episode of Pretty Suited Podcast. I am your host, Lauren A. And I'm glad to be back. It is August. It is the first week of August. And summer is almost over, y'all. Like, I don't know about y'all, but this summer has flown by so fast. Like, I honestly... Last time I checked, it was like around Memorial Day. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's August and school is starting back for kids or, you know, just even the third quarter, you know, type activities if you own a business. So like this year itself has zoomed by, but this summer, this this summer act like it needed somewhere to be like it has flown by. So, you know, I'm excited that the fall is coming because I'm one of the ones that is in love with fall and the trees and the leaves and all that stuff like that. But I was like, dang, I didn't really get a chance to enjoy my summer for real. I didn't really travel that much. I've been a homebody. I've been just, you know, visiting family, but I've been working and grinding and trying to stack up some money. But I just feel like, you know, summer wasn't that lit for me, but it's okay. You know, I'm not not mad. I feel like, you know, sometimes you don't always have that hot girl summer, especially if you have other goals in mind, you know, because shoot, I have goals. I have, you know, things I need to do. I have bills I need to pay off. So this summer has just been kind of chill for me. But I must say that I did get a chance to visit some family. Um, As you know, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. So I was able to visit some family down near the coast and got a chance to go to some beaches and really with my Aquarius self connected. Everybody is not into the sun, moon and stars. And I get that. You know, I get that the sun, moon and stars can, you know, turn people off when you start talking about your sign and, you know, the connection and spirit and the, and the moon rocks and all that. But <laughs> but for me, you know, I I connect with a lot of those things and I really understand the power and the impact that water has on the body. I had a cocktail. I was sitting near the water, just, you know, thinking about my intentions, thinking about the future. And then I'm watching families, you know, I was with my little boo, you know, at the time as well. And also, <laughs> you see, how I breeze past that, right? But yeah, you know, just chilling at the beach, okay? So if you feel like you're out of whack, sit by the beach and I promise you, you'll feel a lot better. I promise you, like, just let the ocean just speak to you and you'll feel better. (laughs) So speaking of just feeling chill, today's topic on Pretty Suited is all about knowing the difference between toxicity and complacency, okay? I think it's very relevant today because we are in a society where everybody has main character syndrome. Everybody has, you know, if it ain't benefiting me in any kind of way, if it ain't doing this, if it ain't doing that, I'm removing myself, all that, right? We need to understand, is it boring or is it just not toxic? Let me just, let me just clarify what I'm saying. You know, we all have an individual in our family, our friendship group, or even yourself, you know, taking a look in the mirror, where if something just is just too good, too smooth, you know, not all over the place, not, you know, up in arms with, you know, bumps and hills, that person will literally create that just to you know, create some excitement in their life. Like, 
I'm talking about from relationships to jobs to shit, just watching TV or whatever. Like if it's not toxic, if it's not, you know, filled with a lot high emotions and high energy, then you label it boring. But is it boring or is it just not toxic? And I want to delve into this because I think that your temperament has a lot to do with how you respond to emotion. You know what I'm saying? When I say temperament, I mean the household that you were raised in. Was everybody in that house high energy? Was everybody in that house yelling, screaming to get their point across, hitting, you know, or were they, you know, just very calm and chill and very communicative and very emotional or were they very, you know, just withdrawn? Did they not express their feelings? Did they not, you know, communicate how they felt? Was it very cold? Was it very silent when it came to communication? Because everybody's temperament is different based on how they grew up or the, their environment, the circumstances that they were placed in. So you take and you carry that temperament with you throughout your life in whatever capacity, you know what I'm saying? If you're communicating with your friends, some people may avoid confrontation because they had so much confrontation in the household, or they may be high confrontational because that's just how they were able to be seen or got their point across in the household. You know what I'm saying? So I think that you carry this, you know, this way of communicating throughout life, but you can end up sabotaging situations based on that temperament. And a lot of times, especially people who have a high emotional or high intense way of dealing with things, if it's not on that level, then they end up just saying, oh, this is boring and this is not for me. But it could be very, it could be very healthy though. But you're running away from it because it's just not how you're used to responding. It's not how you're used to communicating. If you're dating someone and they are very like chill, like this is what needs to be done. This is my boundary. These are my boundaries. This is how I expect to be treated. You know, all these things, right? If you, if you're with somebody and they are very much, you know, in an opposite way of how you communicate, you guys can bump heads, right? So I think that in this generation, especially when you have social media where, you know, they play a large part in what you think is relationship goals. Take, for instance, the Ellis's, right? I know you may or may not have heard of the Ellis's where you have Kadeen and what's his name? Uh, Deval Ellis, right? Very amazing couple, you know, on screen. They are very um, you know, communicative. They love their sons. They are very much involved in their kids' lives. They are exposing them to great things. They have great ideologies that they're instilling in them. But one thing that I could say though, is that that household, you could tell with four boys <laughs> is very high intensity. You know, you have four boys competing for the attention of not only the mother, but the father. And so with that much energy, 
And in that household with the father himself is just completely funny. Like he's insane, right? He loves upon his wife. He's very, you know, uh, verbal about that, very open about that. And and a lot of times you can look on something like that and be like, man, I need my household to look like that. I need my relationship to look like that. But that might just work for them. And if you are a type person who you may not like somebody who's always in your face, very, you know, affectionate, very uh, communicative or boisterous about what they want and how they want it, then you can consider what they have to be very toxic. But it's like, no, that's what works for them. And that's a, a, how they are able to communicate in a way that's effective for their household. So I just wanted to bring that up. And I just wanted to bring up some also some um, some definitions here, right? We want to bring up some definitions, let's bring some some facts into because these words, you know, they they're used interchangeably. And sometimes it's just not appropriate, right? It's not it's not how we should be saying them. So the definition of boring based on the Webster's Dictionary is not interested, tedious, and dull, right? So if something is not interesting, that's very subjective, right? Because what you may find interesting is not what I may find interesting. It can be two different things. So that's subjective. Tedious means like it's, you know, ongoing repetitiveness, right? And then you have dull, which is dull is usually the opposite of sharp. And sharp is usually full of life and everything like that versus dull is like very blunt and, you know, not full of life. So you have not interesting, tedious and dull. If you're describing something like that, then yes, it is boring. But none of those words that I said was the opposite of what toxic is, right? None of the words that I said describes a healthy relationship. So if you, if your person is not, you know, just rah, 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 and if in your face yelling or making a big deal out of everything, then that's not necessarily tedious or dull. That's just common communication, but you're perceiving it to be well, you're not perceiving it to be healthy because you want the total opposite end of the spectrum. And that's not right. The difference between boring and discontent you see, is discontent means unpurposeful and unsatisfied. You see, that's why I think we need to really look at these words is because I really think people, instead of saying boring, something's boring, they are discontent with it. Because if you're discontent with it, that means you're not satisfied with it. So regardless of how it presents itself, you're not satisfied with that presentation. So if that prompts you to leave, then so be it, right? But that person wasn't boring or that situation wasn't boring. So I think that these words can not only just be applied to relationships, but I really think that it can be applied to every area of your life, right? So if you're at work and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same task every day. It's not, you know, helping me grow. I'm not learning anything new. There's no office activities. Nobody talks to each other. Stuff like that. Now, I would consider that more boring because, again, it's tedious, right? With the repetitive work. It's dull because there's nothing exciting about the job. 
and it's not interesting to you because you're not growing and you're not learning. So I would describe something like that as maybe boring. But if the job that you're doing is filled with things that stretch you, that tries to incorporate different activities and things like that, but you just don't go, or you just feel overwhelmed with it and you're not interested in it, then that is discontent. You're not content with the job, so you want to leave. Not the job is boring. Okay, you can be discontent with something and not be bored by it. And so I had to learn this because I feel like for me, healthcare at some point was getting very tedious, very dull, and I wasn't becoming interested in it. I wasn't interested as I was. So to me, healthcare was being boring. But what I grew to understand is that with healthcare, with a field life like healthcare, you can literally delve into several different specialties, interests, and things like that, that is still within the healthcare umbrella, but you can kind of, you know, cross different sec- sectors and find something interesting to you. And then in that sense, become less discontent with where you are and grow into another area. So that has helped me a lot because I, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave an organization or career field in totality. You don't have to leave the whole thing. You can find different niches and different avenues of what interests you in the same, you know, umbrella, but just be creative in how you're going about it. And I think that's cool. I think, you know, we don't really talk about this that enough. I think, like I said, in this generation, if it doesn't work, one little thing, we're just, we're skedaddle. We're out of here. Like it, the whole thing, just leave it in the dust, close the door, don't block it. We never seen it again. That's it. And it's like, dang, you just can't throw the baby out with the bath water. Like you can kind of <laughs> relax and try to find something else that interests you. Same thing with relationship. Like if it becomes very tedious and uninteresting, find something within the relationship that makes it exciting again. Unless something real crazy happens like infidelity or, you know, they done had a baby on you, gave you an STI, something crazy like that then I don't understand why you can't really, why you can't stay and try something else within a relationship. Like you don't have to throw the whole thing away. And because the dating pool is so crazy and trash right now, we're really going to start to see the effects of our actions very soon. And what I mean by that is like this whole throw the baby out with the bathwater mentality is going to leave a lot of people in this generation alone and without families when we get older. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it's true. I think that when you, when and the people who in the age group between, you know, 18 and 35, when we get to our fifties, we're going to look around and be like, I, I guess I, I guess I, um, I guess I'll call the little caregiver lady. You're not going to have anybody to call upon. You're not going to have a, a legacy that you built upon because you spent your whole youth throwing everything out that just wasn't suiting you in the least way. Like, it's like, dang, give something time and a chance to to develop and to spark your interest or just voice that. Just say, hey, babe, you know, we've been together for three years 
you know, I've been at this job for three years. Is there anything that we could do to kind of like help stimulate, you know, my ability to grow? Is there a way that we can, you know, maybe do some projects together? Is there a way I can transition to a different position or you could create a position? Is there a way that, you know, as you, as my wife or my husband, we can start going on trips more. We can do a hobby that we like, like pottery, or we can join, you know, an aquatics club or whatever it is that sparks your interest. I think that there are certain things that we can do to try to make it work, especially if the, the, the job or the relationship or whatever is a good one. And let's not even just leave out friendships. Friendships is the same way. I think friendships are often overlooked because, you know, they th- we expect that person to just always be there, right? We expect, the, you know, day ones, right? <laughs> day ones to just always be around. But sometimes you grow out of friendships too. And when that happens, you feel like you don't have anything in common or whatever. And sometimes you do grow apart. Let's not, let's not lie about that. Sometimes you do grow apart. But I feel like if y'all guys haven't had any recent conversations of likes and interests and you're just kind of just reminiscing off the past and not really growing and learning, you know, with each other as adults, then you really kind of are not giving the relationship a full chance. Try asking what, hey, what is it you like doing now? What is your interest now? What are your boundaries now? Um, let's go on vacation and, and, and do some things together. Let's, you know, talk about our feelings and, you know, what's, how our parents are doing and, and things like that, like to really create more depth within the relationship. Because if you just keep it surface level off of things that sparked your interest when you were 17 and y'all was friends, then the, the relationship isn't growing. It's kind of stuck in the past. So you really, it's really not growing at all. So, but if you need to toss the whole thing away, if all that has been done and it's just a no-go, then do what you got to do. <laughs> but um, try a little bit of those things first because, you know, people are valuable. You know, things are valuable. Jobs are valuable nowadays too. A good job. And so you really want to put all your effort into something a little bit before you just toss it. Because let me tell you, the grass is not always green on the other side. I gotta say it. I Like I said, we all got this main character syndrome going on and we just want to swipe left on jobs and swipe left on people and swipe left on opportunities and thinking that it's going to be something greater along because we got all these memes and all these inspirational quotes telling us it's something better or something always. It's like, okay, but if you're swiping left on everything in life just for the hope of something better coming along, you're missing out on a whole lot. You are. You're missing out on a whole lot. Now, that might sound contradictory to some things that I've said in the past. But not really, though, because I feel like, yes, there are better things out there if you're dealing with some with some crap. If you're dealing with some crap, yes, there is some things better out there. We're not talking about that. If it's absolute crap, please push it to the side and keep it pushing. Okay, <laughs> nobody is saying that you have to stick with something that's terrible, abusive, detrimental, 
you know, or, or just energy deflating for you. Nobody's saying to do that. Okay. Nobody wants you to go through life just with mediocrity and settling. Nobody's asking you to do that. But what I am saying is you have to do a full audit. You can't just say, oh, this person just smacked with their mouth open. Let me go ahead and just block. It's like, dang. (laughs) And I was bad at that. I was bad at that. Let me tell you something, Lauren, I was bad at that. So what has to happen is that you have to do a full audit on the situation is that person a good person? Does they do they treat you with kindness? Do do you even feel good around them? But I understand how as a society we've become so hyper independent that we are really kind of losing sight on the value of people and the relationships and things like the danger could be that we are so dismissive of people that we're kind of desensitized to them being actual people especially as bad things happen we're like oh well I guess that's another one that bites the dust like y'all we got aliens coming you know what I'm saying like I'm not not even coming they're here we all know this right they got aliens here and they the government literally just said that they got aliens hot they're in the bunker and they've been here for a minute they said that so <laughs> if we got aliens here, y'all, and they talking about it, y'all, like it ain't no hush-hush hush, hush, hush secret anymore, they really talking about it, then stuff is getting ready to shift. So I think that it's, it will behoove us <laughs> to really start to band together as in humanity. Because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to thrive. I'm trying to live life and I'm trying to thrive. So if we're just going around just saying, oop, you don't matter, oop, you don't matter, oop, you don't matter, oop, you don't matter, mm, that doesn't seem very helpful for our future. That's all I'm saying. So, so let's get into our watch list of the week. This watch list of the week this week is a little bit different because I first want to talk about what's happening in Hollywood right now. You know, we are going to have a real draught when it comes to good quality television because the Screen Actors Guild Union is on a strike as well as the Writers Guild of America. So people who are involved in your favorite TV shows and movies and everything like that, they are striking and that includes writers, that includes actors, that includes, you know, people who work on set. And and it's just going to have a major effect on, you know, our entertainment industry. And while you could be selfish and say, you know, y'all need to get it together so we can, you know, my favorite show could come back out. That's not necessarily the stand-up thing to do because unfortunately these people need to earn a living. And what they're arguing about is not necessarily they're not just getting paid enough money, even though there's only a small percent of the people who who are making these movies, they're the, there's only a small percent of those people who are actually making really good money. Everybody else is getting peanuts, like right? everybody else is getting the bare minimum. But a lot of times they're not even getting that. they're not even getting the bare minimum. They're not even getting a livable wage to where they're not, you know, scraping and strapping for the next role. Like if you get, if there's a $200 million movie that, you know, was being made and they went to the box office and got that back plus more, guess who got most of that money? 
it wasn't the background it wasn't it wasn't the actors it wasn't the 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 writers it dang sure wasn't the writers it but it was probably the director and the producer who got that money back so um these people are sick and tired and then also too with ai coming in and we've all heard about ai we all heard about the dangers and what they got going on and how this literally cutting the legs up underneath people because they you're able to create a screenplay based off of you know typing in something in chat gpt and it's just cutting people out of the out of the pot you know what i'm saying so with ai in, into play these people are really you know don't have much job security so they're like you know what you want to cut us out completely then we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything and um kudos to them for standing up for themselves honestly because with streaming and ai and things like that that's happening a lot of people are feeling it in their pockets and a lot of jobs are going to be lost in the next few years and even just creativity is going to be at a loss where original shows are going out the window and just just the quality of television and movies are just going to change and so you end up with this void and just kind of microwave way of doing things and it's void of really human um introspection is more about just developing something for algorithm or whatever and so unfortunately that's just going to uh, leave people you know without good entertainment so kudos to them for standing up for themselves and doing what's right for the industry and who's if, if it works that'll be wonderful if they come to an agreement when it comes to the streaming and things like that and putting money in their pockets but um if not then oof you better stack up on your dvds and vhs <laughs> better run that run that season back on netflix because it ain't coming back you know so <laughs> but speaking of netflix i did see a show over the weekend that was kind of interesting because again we're talking about the powers that be and how things are changing and how uh you know folks are starting to become aware of what's really going on and this week i saw um they cloned tyrone on netflix and we all know I, don't, if, I don't know who hasn't seen it but if you have seen it you understand that that movie was it was different on a lot of in a lot of different ways let me explain let me explain first of all i don't know what era this movie was supposed to be shot in i understand that that may have been intentional because the conversation can be spread across different decades but jamie fox had like a afro wig with a part in it and they were saying a lot of suckers and jives and whatnot so you think that it's in the 70s but then they started talking about bitcoin and they had you know beyonce on the wall and whatnot so i was just like okay so that that's that's new so i don't really know what era this movie was in but it was very informative because um, they just confirmed a lot of things that a lot of people have been thinking over time. And that's they're, you know, messing with a certain demographic and they've been doing it for a long time. And when I say a certain demographic, I mean, African-Americans, I feel like, you know, you know, the neighborhoods and uh, the food that we eat, the products that we have, the water that we're drinking, the air quality, the school system, and the, the systematic oppression has just been evident over the past few 
hundred years. And so it's, it's very, you know, it was very obvious in that film what they were trying to explain and express. Um, but let's just talk specifically about the movie itself and how it was executed. Um, the acting was good. You know, John Boega is just phenomenal and very, very handsome. And then you have, you know, Jamie Foxx and then you have the leading lady. Um, she's always been good as well. And so the movie itself had great acting. That's, that's not an issue. Even the dude who's on um, P Valley, I forgot his name. Um, Jay Alphonse, something like that. He is a very good actor as well. So the acting wasn't the problem. What I, the issue was, was the execution of it. And I think that when it comes to the plot kind of, you know, leading itself out, it was very obvious. It was very, you know, um, very stereotypical conversation when it came to like the black exploitation kind of speak and things like that. But again, like I said, I don't know if that was purposeful, but to me, it just felt very like ah, <laughs> in, in your face, ignorant, you know what I'm saying? Like in the way they were talking and expressing themselves, like we get it. Overall, I'll give it about a, I'll, I'll give it about a good six, six and a half. You know, I, that's just how I feel. I give it about six and a half just based off of the conversation alone is very necessary because some people just need to see it in their face. Some people just need to see, hey, this is what's going on in your face. And they might just need to break down a little bit to the to the basic level versus in, in some high, you know, intelligent conversation. They might miss it. So sometimes you just need a little bit of it in your face to kind of get the point across. So if it was that was the point, then they did it. Then they did their job, right? But for me to have that conversation that they were having, I think it took a little bit more of a intelligent approach or just a little bit more of like a complex approach. Um, for example, like a gone girl type of plot or something like that, that would have made it a little bit more um, interesting for me. But that's just me. Um, so anyway, check it out. It is on Netflix. It is called They Clone Tyrone. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I think that it's a good watch just to, you know, see what's going on. And um, also just to appreciate the beloved Jamie Foxx, because I'm glad he's doing better right now and 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 living his life and, and getting better. So kudos to Jamie Foxx for that. Now let's get into our tune of the week. So this week's tune of the week is about a, a song. So I have been listening to a few songs. Um, I'm trying to get into some new music, you know, because I literally stay in the 90s. My playlist is absolute 90s, early 2000s, maybe some 80s in there, but it's literally old school stuff. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start listening to a little bit more um, of the newer music. And right now, Afro beats and Afro soca and things like that are really in my playlist right now because they make me feel good. They give me that, especially when I was at the beach, they was giving me that, you know, like I was in the Maldives somewhere. Like I was pretending that the South Georgia coast was the Maldives, you know? <laughs> so, um, so with that being said, I heard this song by Araya or Era Star. 
and O'Malley, I think I'm saying it right, called People. And the song, when you first hear it, you're like, is, is that what they're saying? Um, they're basically saying, I've been drinking more alcohol for the past five days. Did you check on me? Now, the song is basically a cry for help at this point. Now, I know I, I just said that they made me feel good. <laughs> But the beat makes you feel good. But the words is real because in a, in today's society, there's a lot of alcoholics. There's a lot of people who are using vices to make them feel better. And it's kind of just, you know, shrugged on like, okay, well, she getting drunk or he getting high all the time, blah, 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 it's whatever. But it's like, no, a lot of times these things are a cry for help. And this song, although it just, you know, makes you jig a little bit, the words were pretty heavy because it was like, you know, we live in this party culture, you know, things, something has happened to me and I'm just trying to drown out my sorrows. Did you check on me? Are you a real friend? And, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the song just because of it makes you think and, you know, it, it also has a good tune. But it makes you think, you know, so check that out. It is Ira or Aira Star and Omaile called People. Very summertime vibe, very, you know, chill vibe, but it makes you think. Hmm. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for joining me again. And please engage, like, share and subscribe and, you know, keep it going. Keep it going. I look forward to, you know, interviewing some people in the next couple of episodes. So look out for that and follow me on Instagram at the Lauren A. I deleted the pretty suited uh, IG page just because I really want to consolidate the material. Um, so just follow me at the Lauren A on IG and also follow the Lowlands Media page as well. And I will see you guys soon. Bye.